Welcome to 1001 Radio Crime Solvers Podcast. This is your host, John Hagedorn, and we want 1001 Radio Crime Solvers to be your favorite place to go to enjoy a great mix of vintage detective shows from the golden age of radio. The scripts were great, the action was hot, and even the old commercials are enjoyable. And now, another episode of 1001 Radio Crime Solvers is ready to go. Enjoy! Stay tuned for Nero Wolf, which follows transcribed in 30 seconds. What's on the menu at Duffy's Tavern tonight? Well, there's a full serving of laughs, with Archie the manager, played by Ed Gardner, and his unpredictable friends, Miss Duffy, Clifton Finnegan, and Eddie the waiter. It's Duffy's Tavern later this evening over most of these NBC stations. And this Sunday, the big show comes your way once again with Bob Hope, Jimmy Durante, Perry Como, Jose Ferrer, Mindy Carson, Eddie Cantor, Meredith Wilson and his orchestra, and many, many more. And, of course, your MC once again will be Tallulah Bankhead. That's this Sunday for the big show. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we take you to the most famous brownstone house in New York City, the one located at number 601 West 35th Street. Oh, Mr. Wolf. Mr. Wolf. Want something, Archie? Would you be interested in taking on a case involving a woman who was found stabbed to death in one of New York's fancier men's clubs? Can't you see I'm already occupied, Archie? My Oncidium hybrid is ailing. But, sir, cash. C-A-S-H. Remember, you need it to live on? Well, you're actually learning to spell. You'd better learn to count. We're broke. Thank you, Mr. Goodwin. Now, if you'll just go away and stop interfering. Oh, just a minute. Yes, sir? On your way out, switch on the fan. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's that one and only man of moves. The most famous detective in modern fiction. That corpulent, orchid-raising, beer-drinking gourmet who also happens to be a genius. Rex Stout's incomparable Nero Wolfe, starring Mr. Sidney Greenstreet. Tonight, Nero Wolfe's long-suffering assistant, Archie Goodwin, tells us of the case of the careless cleaner. We didn't know Clay Michelson very well at the time, though Mr. Wolfe had hung one of the Michelson's paintings on the library wall. But then I guess we should have considered ourselves lucky not to have known him or his wife, Fila. Two weeks ago, they had a quarrel. Oh? Oh, Clay, darling. I didn't expect you home so soon. I thought you were going to the museum to see the Van Goghs. I decided not to, Fila. Oh. Well, if you were... Uh... Plan to paint this afternoon. I'll get out of the studio. I want to run some errands anyway. Why don't you make your phone call from here, Fila? Phone call? Who is he, Fila? He? Who are you waiting for this afternoon? Please, Clay, don't start that jealousy routine again. Don't try to kid me. You're being stupid, Clay. I'm stupid, all right, but I'm getting wise pretty fast. I'm through, Fila. I've had enough. I'm leaving you. So stay out of my way and keep your boyfriend out of my way, too, whoever he is, or I'll kill him. Yes? What can I do for you? Uh, Sleepy. I want to have a drink and go to bed. I'm sorry, sir. The Garrison Club's a private establishment. No rooms available to the public. You think I'm drunk? Oh, no, sir. Why why do you suppose I came here? Well, I'm sure I wouldn't know, sir. I'll tell you why. I came here to see my old pal, Lou Saunders. That's why. You know Mr. Saunders? Do I know? Look, I paint him, Lou sells him. Mr. Saunders... Is your agent? I'm Clay Michelson. Just call Mr. Saunders. Clay, what in the world? Luke, tell this guy who I am. But I'm sorry, Mr. Saunders. It's all right, Mr. Martin. You see? Let's go have a drink. Yeah, yeah, sure, Clay. You know what, Lou? I left Fila. Yep, I walked out on her. Is this something I can do, Mr. Saunders? Yeah, have someone fix a bed in the other room of my suite. Mr. Michelson will be staying with me. At least for tonight. Mr. Wolf? Yes, Archie? It's Friday. Good. 
Fish for dinner, then? Nope. I was not referring to dinner. You were not? I can think of nothing more interesting at the moment. Oh, I can. My salary... Of course, according to the Julian Canada... We're on the Gregorian, so let's stick to it. Today is Friday. Today, I get paid. Archie, there's a drop. Oh, don't exaggerate. You can't be getting the cold shutters just because I'm asking for my money. I can distinctly feel fresh air flowing into the room. Well, it's possible I might have opened a window six inches. You're insane. Shut it at once. Nope. Are you trying to blackmail me? You think it might work? Never. Then the window stays open. You're fired. I accept your offer. All you have to do is pay up. I've hired you again. Oh, Mr. Wolf, you've cleaned out the bank balance again? Well, that is... <clears throat> well, hadn't you seen those Miltonians? Would I have voluntarily given up my paycheck for them? Orchids are very beautiful, Mr. Wolf, but blondes are... The door, Archie. I am unemployed. Found you'd maybe a client, and if it is, and we can uh, extract the fee. You follow me, Archie? I'm already on my way to the door. Mr. Wolf, I've got to see him at once. Well, come in. Thank you. Mr. Wolf, this is. My name is Saunders, Mr. Wolf. We've met before. Yes, I remember. As a matter of fact, you sold me a painting of Michelson. Yes, well, that's why I'm here. It's about Michelson, Mr. Wolf, that I've come. Frankly, I. I think the man's about to go mad. He and his wife have split up and... and uh, I, such a splendid artist, too. A pity. I don't know what to do. He's drinking like a fish. For two weeks I've been letting him live in part of my suite at the Garrison Club, but uh, he's just steadily getting worse. I try a hospital. I can't. The publicity. Mr. Wolf, Clay admired you so that time we all had dinner after the painting transaction. I, I thought maybe you could talk to him. Maybe you could get him on his feet again. I'm not a doctor, Mr. Saunders. But I'm sure he'd listen to you. Excuse me a moment, Mr. Saunders. Here, Wolf speaking. Inspector Kramer. Uh, good evening, Inspector. Got a guy called Lou Saunders at your place? Garrison Club said he'd gone to your place. Yes, he's here. Well, see to it that he doesn't leave until I get there. I'd hardly do that, Inspector. I have no reason to detain Mr. Saunders. There's plenty of reason. It so happens a woman's just been murdered in his suite. Murdered? Yeah. A Miss Hilda Lundgren. What's happened? Now, will you hold him? Uh, do you know a Miss uh, Hilda Lundgren, Saunders? Hilda Lundgren? I've never heard of her. She seems to have chosen your suite to be murdered in. Oh, I, I'd better get right over there. Mr. Saunders says to tell you he'll be right over, Inspector. Now, listen, Wolf. Good day, Inspector. Murdered? Murdered in my suite. Mr. Wolf, you've got to come with me. Uh, Mr. Goodwin will accompany you after the formality of a retainer, Mr. Saunders. Oh, anything you say. Here, here, I'll write a check. Good. Uh, 500. 500? Fine. My friend and assistant, Mr. Goodwin, will go with you. I have great confidence in his ability to bring back every detail of a murder, particularly where a woman's involved. <laughs> Okay, you photographers, picnic's over for tonight. Pick up your stuff and get out of here. You sound real mean today, Inspector Kramer. Well, if it isn't Nero Wolf's favorite stooge. What are you doing here, Goodwin? I got bored with my knitting. Look, I wasn't asking for humor. I'm Louis Saunders, Inspector. Saunders? Ever seen that woman before? I... Yes. Yes, I believe I have. I can't remember where, but the face looks familiar. Mmm, lovely-looking woman. Blonde and really built. Well, she ought to look familiar. She's one of the cleaning women here at the club. She is? Cleaning? Well, since when have gals like this been reduced to cleaning floors? What's happening to the world? There ought to be a law. Yeah, there is. She was killed with a knife, or haven't you had time to notice? Uh, that's not a knife, Inspector Kramer. That, that's one of Clay's Chinese letter openers. He used... What was that? Well, nothing. Nothing at all. Yes, it is a strange knife. What were you saying, Mr. Saunders? I just, just said that that looked like one of the letter openers belonging to one of my friends. Who is this Clay? Clay Michelson, the artist. But you can't possibly think he'd do a thing like this. I think everybody did it until we know otherwise. When were you last up here, Mr. Saunders? Me? Why, just a little while ago. I changed my clothes just before I went to see Mr. Wolf. She wasn't here then? Well, I don't know. I didn't come into this room, just in my part of the suite. Your part? Who occupies this room? Mr. Michelson. He's been staying with me. 
Strange wound, no blood. What do you think you are, Goodwin, a medical examiner? Oh, but I Yeah, 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 the killer probably wiped the blood away. Saunders, have you any idea where your artist friend might have run off to? I haven't seen Clay all afternoon. He spends a lot of time down in the bar. Well, he'd hardly sit in a bar if he's killed somebody. But why would he pick on the cleaning woman? Oh, this is no ordinary cleaning woman. Get a load of that figure. Watch it, Goodwin, watch it. You're liable to stretch your brain. But you're wrong. In spite of everything, Clay's still terribly in love with his wife. He he, he wouldn't... Hello, Lou. Where did you get in? Yeah, who's this? Clay. We're your friends, Lou. They won't serve me any more liquor down at the bar. I gotta find my flash. Mr. Michelson, may I introduce you to Inspector Kramer of the police? Who's this guy, Lou? He's Nero Wolf's assistant. Wolf? Police? Well, what do you all want? Somebody park overtime? Where's my flask? The one with my initials. I just bought it this morning. Mr. Michelson, do you know that somebody was murdered here in your room? Murdered? Why don't you guys go away and joke with somebody else? Where's my flask? You better get hold of yourself. I said there's been a murder. Understand? You serious? Yep. And I wouldn't be surprised if Inspector Kramer here considers you top suspect. Me? They think I did it? You better pull yourself together, Clay. Yeah, because I got a lot of questions. Excuse me, the phone. Now sit down, Mr. Saunders. I'll answer it. Hello? 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 This is Fela. Who is this? This is Inspector Kramer. Hello? Hello? Who is Fila? Anyone know? Well, that's my wife. Your wife? I, I want to speak to her. Come back here, Michelson. Let me alone. I'm... You're not going anywhere. Now stay back there. You're wrong, Inspector. I am going somewhere. Junior's got a gun. Yes, Inspector. You should be more careful about your gun when you shove people. Now, look, Mr. Michelson. I'll I wouldn't see want... Mr. Wolf myself. Stay back, Inspector. You haven't a chance. We'll nab you before you get a block away. Well, then I'll just jerk these phone wires. There. And I'll lock the doors. That should hold you long enough. Good night. Here, Wolf speaking. Wolf Kramer. Indeed. Clay Michelson may be on his way over there. Hold him until I get there. Hold him? Why? Not more than ten minutes ago, he held me up at the point of a gun. He carries a gun? It was my gun. <laughs> Careless of you, Inspector. Ah. Goodbye. <laughs> Come in. Mr. Wolf? Yes? My name is Clay Michelson. Yes, I was rather expecting you. You've got to help me. They think I murdered someone. You shouldn't have run away from the police. I, I've been drinking a lot, but, but I wouldn't murder anyone. Feel would tell you that. No way. You see the model in that painting of yours I purchased? What difference does that make? I tell you, they're after me for murder. You obviously love your wife deeply at the time you painted her. Oh, here you are, Mr. Wolf. Michelson. Clay. Good Lord, man. The police are on their way over here. He came for my help, Mr. Saunders. Oh, I'm glad he did, Mr. Wolf. But we left Inspector Kramer talking from a phone booth. He'll be here any minute. And we have only a minute to decide why anyone would want to kill a cleaning woman. I didn't kill anybody. She was a beautiful woman, Mr. Wolf. I gathered that, Archie, from your unusual interest in the case. She was stabbed with a letter opener from Mr. Michelson's house. Which might add, Mrs. Michelson, to our suspect list. Fela? You can't suspect Fela. You're very gallant, to Michelson. Just how was this beautiful young cleaning woman, this Miss Lundgren, stabbed? Um, in the heart. Her eyes were wide open. Pupils dilated with shock. Details later, Archie. Kramer will be here shortly. The moment I would like to know where everyone was. Well, Mr. Saunders was here with us, you remember. I don't know where Mrs. Michelson was, but I could go see her and find out. No, it won't be necessary, Archie. Mr. Michelson, where were you? Me? Why, I'm I'm not sure. I I can't seem to remember. It's hardly what we would call helpful. I, I was drunk. Maybe I went to Fela's. I've been over there lots this week trying to talk to her. I must have gone over there. Have you ever seen the murdered woman before? No, I never saw her before in my life. I've seen her before, Mr. Wolf. Indeed, Mr. Saunders. I seem to remember your earlier statement to the contrary. Well, uh, I didn't know her name, but when I saw her, I remembered her. I understand she was quite an alcoholic. Hmm. Unfortunate woman. Beautiful woman. 
Well, look who's here, Inspector Kramer. Oh, here you are, Michelson. And as usual, you didn't have the courtesy to ring the bell, Inspector. And give you a chance to get this guy out of here? Nothing doing, Wolf. Now, come on. We're going to headquarters. Mr. Wolf, you can't let him take me. I didn't do it. I'm afraid there's not much I can do about it, Mr. Michelson. Come on. You come along too, Saunders. I got to get a statement from you. Of course. This way. Come on. Very well. All right. I just got an angle. Really, Archie? Sure, it's simple. Saunders been going for this beautiful cleaning babe. Clay worms in. Saunders kills her. Perhaps there was jealousy somewhere in this case, Archie. Yeah, Wolf speaking. Mr. Wolf, this is Fela Michelson. You don't know me, but you once bought a painting from my husband. I've got to see you, Mr. Wolf. You've got to help me. Hmm. This is Michelson. Have some of this delicious beer. Another can, Archie. And now, Mrs. Michelson, may I ask how you found out there was a murder in the first place? A policeman came to see me. He told me what had happened. That they were looking for Clay. I don't know what to think. He's temperamental, he's jealous, and he's sometimes violent, but I can't imagine anything like this. Not Clay. Maybe some of those friends of his, but... You uh, don't care for your husband's friends? No. They all live off him. They're leeches. Mrs. Michelson, did your husband come to see you this afternoon? This afternoon? No. You're quite positive? Oh, yes. Because that was his alibi for the time of the murder. He said he went to see you. Of course, he was fuzzy, usual effect of alcohol on the brain cells, but... Uh... Uh, Mrs. Michelson, might I be a little indiscreet for a moment? Indiscreet? Have you been seeing some other man? I don't know what you're talking about. Please, Mrs. Michelson, I'm afraid your face gives away more than you tell. I thought we were here to talk about a murder, Mr. Wolf. Indeed, but your husband's jealousy might well fit into that category. Oh, Clay, imagine things. You're a very beautiful woman, Mrs. Michelson. Now, if you will try telling me the truth, perhaps we can accomplish something. But I tell you... Uh... All right. So I thought I was in love with another man. Your husband suspected but didn't know. Hmm? No. Clay didn't know. He wouldn't have given me a divorce anyway. You sound as though you want your husband back. I did, but I didn't even know where he went. Indeed, Mrs. Michelson. Archie informs me that the murdered woman was quite lovely. What are you trying to suggest? You said yourself you wanted your husband back. Yeah, one woman jealous of another, that's always murder. Why, that's stupid. Clay wouldn't play around with a maid. That's stupid. Clay loves me. I'm not jealous of anyone. No one, do you understand? Archie, if you'll see Mrs. Michelson home... Yes, sir. Thank you. I can find my own way. I'd prefer Archie took you, Mrs. Michelson. You wanted my help, didn't you? I... Uh, thank you. Thank you, Mrs. Michelson. If you will just wait outside for a moment, please. What have you got in mind, Mr. Wolf? Try exercising your own judgment just once, Archie. You mean she's the one who's jealous? Perhaps, Archie. Perhaps she may want us to think she was jealous. Perhaps she actually doesn't want her husband back at all, only to pin a murder on him. Oh. You see, in this case, it would be simpler than divorce. Yeah? Yeah, she might just be trying to get rid of him. She might, Archie. But then she's a woman, so don't count on anything. <laughs> she might even be telling the truth. This is where I live, Mr. Goodwin. Nice. Very nice. I like Greenwich Village. I'm trying to figure out why Mr. Wolf sent you along with me. <laughs> I'm a sucker for beautiful women. <laughs> I wonder. Archie. Huh? Does Mr. Wolf believe me? He hasn't made an official statement yet. Nice furniture and things. You sound like an appraiser or, or someone looking for something. That's because it's November. Mr. Wolf sent you to search my apartment. You could be wrong. I don't... Oh. What's the matter now? Thought you said your husband hadn't been here today. He, he wasn't. And what's his flask doing among these papers on the desk? Very prettily decorated with his initials. He was looking for it at the club. Flask? I don't know what it's doing there. Yeah, sure. You're trying to help, Clay. Right into the electric chair. But... His only alibi was his being here this afternoon, and you said he wasn't. Then what is his flask doing here? He said he just bought it this morning, so he must have been here today. I don't know what you're talking about. Where's your phone? Well, you've got things wrong. I don't know anything about that flask. I... The lights... Who switched off those lights? Fela, put those lights on. Put on those lights. 
Oh, the lights are... Get to the lights. That flask... Gone. Nero Wolf speaking. Wolf, where's Fila Michelson? Fila? Perhaps you might try the lost and found, Inspector. Now, look, I know she was over at your place. I thought you were interested in Clay Michelson. Well, I let him and Saunders go for the present. They're clean until I get the medical examiner's report. Oh, when will it be ready, by the way? An autopsy takes time, you know that. Where's the Michelson woman? I believe she had a date with Archie. Why do you want her? I'm sure it never dawned on you, Wolf, but this cleaning woman who was killed was some dish. Maybe Mrs. Michelson was the jealous one. Your thinking is beginning to bear an amazing resemblance to Archie's, Inspector. Also, it maybe never dawned on you that Fela Michelson hasn't offered an alibi for the time of the murder. Hmm. You're right, Inspector. Yeah, you are. Come on, Wolf. Quit stalling. Where's Fela Michelson? Hmm? What? Oh, I really don't know, Inspector, but perhaps as a last resort, of course, you might try her home. Good night, Inspector. Ah, inevitable. The moment I'm comfortable. Come in. Mr. Wolf. Oh, thank heavens you're here. I always am. Where's Mr. Goodman? I don't understand how it happened. I swear I don't. What happened? I haven't got any idea how it got there. Got where? Calm down, Mrs. Michelson. I... Uh, now, just what got where? Clay's new flask. Your assistant, Archie, he, he came home with me and that new initial flask was there. He thinks Clay was there this afternoon and that I'm trying to frame him or something. Oh, here you are. She's here, therefore. This is our gal, Mr. Wolf. She's been lying right down the line. I tell you, Clay wasn't there. Then why did you give me this clout on the head and grab the evidence and run? I didn't. I didn't hit you. I ran, but I didn't hit you. And I didn't take that flask either. Oh, next thing she'll say, there wasn't any flask. Stop gaping at Mrs. Michelson, Archie, and open the door. Yeah, sure. Well, Mr. Wolf, they let Clay and me go for the... What are you doing here? After your visit this afternoon, Mr. Saunders, she decided to come down and see me. After my visit? What, what makes you think I was at Felix? It was Mr. Saunders, not your husband, who came to visit you this afternoon, wasn't it, Mrs. Michelson? I... I don't have anything to do with Mr. Saunders. Then might I ask why you called him today? I wasn't calling him. I was calling Clay. You told me earlier yourself that you didn't know where Mr. Michelson was. Well, I... All right. So what if it was Mr. Saunders who came this afternoon? As he has for many afternoons. What are you trying to get at, Mr. Wolf? Saunders? He and Fela? Yes, Archie. Mr. Saunders, the artist's friend and agent, happens to be the one who was making a fool of the artist. But that's all over. I told him. That's what I was talking to Mr. Saunders about this afternoon. I didn't want Clay to know. Clay would never have come back. All right, so it was Fela and me. I admit it, but that's not murder. I suggest that it is, Mr. Saunders. I suggest that one of you two murdered the cleaning woman. Whichever one of you carelessly left the whiskey flask in Fela's apartment. This is murder, Mr. Wolf. Not a joke. Not at all a joke. You see, our cleaning woman was not murdered by the knife found in her body. She was poisoned. What do you mean? Not by the knife? Poisoned. She undoubtedly drank from Michelson's flask while she was working in his room at the garrison club. She was stabbed. True. However, Miss Lundgren was an alcoholic. Saunders mentioned that, and I checked with the club manager. But how does that prove there was poison in the flask? That she was poisoned? Archie, would you mind uh, repeating your description of the dead Miss Lundgren? First, uh, as to the wound. Okay. There was no blood. Someone advanced a fantastic theory about wiping the blood away. And now, Archie, the description of the body of Miss Lundgren. I mentioned the fact that her eyes were wide open... The pupils were dilated. Uh, hey, dilated pupils? Yes, Archie. The lack of blood had already made me wonder about the entire affair. When you added the dilated pupils... What's special about dilated pupils? In death, that is a common symptom of poison by a certain vegetable drug of considerable potency. But what was the point of stabbing her? The poison did the job. However, the killer later used the letter knife in an effort to deceive the police... However, he unhappily forgot that the dead don't bleed. 
I think you're guessing, Mr. Wolf. Am I? All I can say is that I was at the pool in the early afternoon. Hmm. You're very certain you were at the club pool and the murder was committed, Mr. Saunders? Certainly. From one until three. Excuse me, please. Wolf speaking. Inspector Kramer, medical examiner's report just came in this minute. And get a load of this wizard. The dame didn't die of stabbing at all. I know. You know? He died of drinking a fatal dose of poison known as deadly nightshade. What? How do you know that? Inspector, do they know what time she died? Time? The medical examiner says 2.30. Thank you, Inspector. Oh, incidentally, if you care to drop over here, you may pick up the murderer. Goodbye. I heard him, Wolf. She died at 2.30. As I told you, I was in the pool at 2.30. Which is exactly how you prove yourself a murderer, Mr. Saunders. Oh, I prove myself... Even the police didn't know what time she died. Until just now. And the body wasn't found until the evening. How did you know she died between one and three? I, I, I didn't know, but... You I... probably were at the pool at the time. The maid drank the poisoned whiskey. You put in the flask of your friend, Clay Michelson. I tell you, you're crazy. You planned to get rid of Clay, who stood in the way of your marrying Fela. When you came back to your room at three and found that the maid had drunk it instead, you stabbed her with Clay's letter opener to cover up the real cause of the murder and throw suspicion on Clay. Oh, this is nonsense. Ridiculous. And then, when you learned that the woman for whose love you were willing to commit murder was through with you, you took Michelson's new flask to Fela's home, confident that it would be found there. Yes, and then he attacked me and stole that flask again in order to make it look like Fela had done it. Exactly, Archie. Mr. Saunders, the chances are that your fingerprints will be found on that whiskey flask, and they'll be able to trace the poison to wherever you purchased it. The chances oh, are... Oh, no, you don't. Careful now, all of you. Guns bore me, Saunders. Oh, yeah? I'm leaving. You are not... Clay! Clay. Yes, Mrs. Michelson, your husband has been there for some time. Clay, are you all right? Yeah, yeah, I'm all right. Well done, Mr. Michelson. I think you proved that an artist's life may indeed be exciting. I have been an awful fool, Mr. Wolf. Mr. Michelson, you might remember for the future that unreasoning and unjustifiable jealousy sometimes creates the very conditions that it fears. You're being very kind to me, Mr. Wolf. How can we ever thank you? By prompt remittance of your check on receipt of my bill in the morning. <laughs> Good day, Mr. and Mrs. Michelson. Good day, Mr. Wolf. Good day. What's the matter with Archie? You look glum. Yeah. I always have the lousiest luck. Meaning? A hectic case with two beautiful dames. Michelson gets one, the undertaker gets the other, and what do I get? Hey, that reminds me. You got a fee. I get paid. You have been listening to The New Adventures of Nero Wolf, starring Sidney Greenstreet. Tonight's transcribed story was written by Cheryl Hendricks and based on the famous characters created by Rex Stout. This is an Edwin Fadiman program, produced and directed by J. Donald Wilson. In the cast were Larry Dobkin as Archie Goodwin, and Betty Lou Gerson, Howard McNear, Dan O'Herlihy, Vic Perrin, and Bill Johnstone. Next week at this same time, Nero Wolfe and Archie will bring you The Case of the Beautiful Archer. Don Stanley speaking. Three chimes mean good times on NBC. There's fun and laughs with the chimes later this evening when Ed Gardner stars in Duffy's Tavern. As usual, Duffy won't be there, but Archie the manager will definitely be on hand to spread his whimsical advice where it'll do the most damage. Tomorrow night, there's action on NBC with Herbert Marshall starring as the man called X in another exciting battle against the forces of international intrigue. Next, Sam Spade. 
Later, William Bendix on NBC. Here's your pass to the Globe Theater. Theater, the radio playhouse especially for men and women of the armed forces of the United Nations. Just as the Globe Theater has meant the best in entertainment since the days of Shakespeare, today it means the best in radio drama for service men and women all over the globe. Here to tell you about tonight's play is your host at the Globe Theater, Herbert Marshall. Thank you, and hello, everyone. Your favorite seat is ready and waiting for you here at the Globe Theater. No extra charge for loges. And tonight's bill is one that I trust will be well worth the hearing. There is one type of character that every actor longs to play, whether he be Sir Aubrey Smith or Roddy McDowell. That is the role of the quick-witted romantic adventurer who moves through Monte Cristo-esque experiences, confronted with innumerable dangers, but usually confounding his adversaries by sharp thinking and subtle humor. Always, of course, there is a lovely girl who makes the confounding all the more worthwhile. As I say, such is the part that every actor longs to play. Now, there are decided advantages about being your host here at the Globe Theater, for that means that I'm also the casting director. And when a fat, juicy part of the title I've just described turns up, whom do you suppose was chosen to portray it? Well, not Sir Aubrey Smith or Roddy McDowell. I need only add that the title of this play is The Man Called X. What happens is of an exciting nature. I think you'll agree. So uh, let's up the curtain and let the play begin. Tonight, he finds himself involved with murder, music and a blonde Madonna. But at the moment, he and Nancy, his best girl, are sitting in a booth in a smart cocktail lounge in midtown Manhattan. Ken, darling. Uh, yes, dear? You'll get a kink in your neck staring at that blonde. Why don't you just go over and sit with her at the bar? Mm-hmm. I won't mind. Well, Nancy, I look at other women only to remind myself that not one of them can compare with you, my sweet. Oh, that's better, Angel. Pietro? Yes, sir? Uh, two martinis with onions. Yes. Oh, I don't know why I ever fell in love with you, Ken. You know, I, I should have gone for a really attractive gent. Like that one over there. Where? At the bar, sitting next to that blonde gal you've been ogling. You see him? Yes. Why, great Scott. Hmm? Bill. Bill Nesbitt. Huh? Somebody call me? Uh, Bill, over here. Oh, for the love of... <laughs> Ken Thurston, I haven't seen you since, since last college reunion. Nancy, this is Bill Nesbitt, my old roommate and the best All-American tackle ever. Bill, this is my fiancée, Nancy Bessington. She thinks she's a reporter. <laughs> I'm glad to meet you, Nancy. Oh, thanks, Bill. I've been following your career, Ken. Congratulations. You always were interested in solving unsolvable puzzles. Well, how about you? I understand you're, you're the finest synthetic chemist in the country. Mm, I've done a little in synthetic. <laughs> your uh, drinks are fine. Join us, Bill. What? And take him away from his beautiful blonde? What blonde? That girl sitting next to you at the bar. Oh, she's not with me. I don't even know her. Oh, and fine. Sit with us, huh? Well, I've still got half a drink at the bar. I'll get it. Hey, seems like a nice guy. He is. Hey, it's swell seeing you again, Ken. Go on, sit down. What are you doing? Well, I'm uh, on my way to Italy. Italy? Sounds mighty mysterious. Secret stuff. Uh, say, have uh, either of you the time? Um, uh, 4.10. Oh, gee, I've got to make a phone call to the office. When do you leave? Well, I've got to catch a bus at the airline terminal in 15 minutes. Don't have too much time. No, I'll uh, be right back. I wonder why Bill is going to Italy. Hard of the place for a civilian to go these days. Oh, stop acting like a bird dog in October. Darling, you know I promised you I'd settle down. And I'm going to see to it that you keep that promise, baby. Bartender. Bartender. Yes, sir? Oh, looks like your blonde friend is shutting off. How much do I owe you? Quick, please tell me. Well, that'll be uh, 75 cents, please. Here you are. I think she dresses in horrible taste. Oh, Nancy, aren't you being a little hard on her? Hey, lady, come back. 
Lady, you left change out of a five-dollar bill. Now, I wonder why she was in such a rush. Oh, probably just remembered a date with a boyfriend. Maybe so. Pardon me, darling, will you? Uh-huh. Pietro, where's the phone booth? All right there, sir. Oh, thank you. Hey, Bill. Are you all right? Hey, Bill. Good Lord. Ken, Ken what's happening? It's Bill. He's dead. Oh, no. How? Pietro. Yes, sir? Don't wash that glass he was drinking from. Oh, why not, Ken? I have a hunch the police chemist will find it was full of poison. Oh. get back in my own apartment. You know, I'm not as used to looking at corpses as you, aren't I? I feel a little sick. I know. I don't feel particularly chip on myself. Call Bill. He would have won the Nobel Prize for chemistry one of these days. Ken, who could have done such a thing? I don't know. What? What's that you're looking at? Something I found in Bill's pocket. Oh, but Ken, the police should have that. They will after I've read it. Huh. Well, what does it say? There's just a name and address on it. Look. Luigi Antonelli, Umbrati, Italy. Umbrati, never even heard of it. Must suggest a tiny village. Hmm. Wonder who Antonelli is. You can bet whoever Antonelli is, he's mixed up in this affair somehow. Hmm. I wonder in what way. So do I. And I intend to find out. Oh, no, Ken, no, not Italy. Why poke your nose into this? Because I don't like old friends of mine being poisoned. I'm funny that way. See, Signore Thurston? Not much of it left, eh? The Nazis. They make ruin everything before the Americans have come. Well, they didn't ruin your spaghetti. It's a masterpiece. Gracias, Signore Thurston. What's all the trouble over there? Those GIs look as though they're going to lose their tempers. The American soldiers. <laughs> they don't like the souvenirs, what they buy from Castro the peddler. See him over there. Castro the peddler, eh? <laughs> That's good. You know him? That, my friend, is an understatement. I must meet Castro the peddler. This is the last time we ask for life. Yeah. Come on, boys. One, two. Here, here, boys. What's the trouble? Mr. Thurston! Hey, Gonzell Smith, what mess are you in now? Oh, you are a savior. Avoid What's he done, boys? Ah, uh, this scripture tells us these are genuine Italian curiosities. Look what mine says on the bottom. Hmm. Made in Newark, USA. Hey, Gon, give the gentleman back their money. Oh, but, Mr. Thurston... If Fair you don't, Fair. they'll tear you limb from limb and I'll sit and applaud. Mr. Thurston, you are a sadist. Here you are, fellows. Twenty dollars. That's better. I'm shocked, hey, Gon. You are... A common peddler. There's more to this than meets the eye, though, isn't there? No, no, I'm just a poor peddler that peddles. Yes, yes. I can make you a better financial proposition. Mr. Thurston, those words are like the soft wings of a bird. How much? Fifty. One hundred. Fifty. All right. What do I steal? Not yet. Do you know a man called Antonelli? Well, you are lucky. I am more than familiar with that name. Well, who is he? Luigi Antonelli was professor of music at the University of Florence. What the devil would Bill want with the professor? Did you say was? Yes. Alas, Signor Professore Antonelli died yesterday. Today is his funeral. Stand back, Agon. Here, behind this tombstone. I dislike graveyards. Intense. But this funeral fascinates me. Why are there only those two mourners? Alas, Signor Antonelli had but few friends. Who are those two women? His sister and her daughter. They've just arrived from Rome recently. Oh, so they just came down from Rome, did they? Yes. Well, 
A few days ago, I saw that girl sitting at a bar in New York. Impossible. She just came Agar, out. Hey, guy, me to tell you this, but you are lying. Mr. Thurston, if you did not pay me so well, I would be hurt to the quick. How well do you really know these two women? Tell me the truth. I have never spoken to them. For $50 more, would you tell me the real truth? Aha, uh-huh, in that case. I thought so. But cash? In a cemetery. Well, the dead will not object to a small financial transaction. Cash, please. Oh, all right, here you are. Good. Now, the truth is this. I pretend to be a peddler. Those charming ladies pay me to stay in this town so I can notify them should anyone try to get near their house. Why are they so eager to keep people away from that house? Who knows? Perhaps, I merely say, perhaps, Signor Antonelli is not in that coffin at all. from the funeral. Hmm. This mansion is quite a dump. The Palazzo Antonelli dates back to the Borgias. Where would Antonelli be? I do not know. I've never seen him. Where does that staircase lead? Oh, to the bedchamber. Let's try it. Mr. Thurston, the women will be back soon. Courage, Agar. The staircase was built too steep. Listen. Behind that door. Door's locked. Signor Antonelli, can you hear me? It gives me goosebumps to listen to that. Sounds out of his mind. But why is he being kept a prisoner? I will give you 50. If you were to offer me a million, I could not tell you. These women confide very little to me. Then you're slipping, Agar. Signor Antonelli, I am an American. I know you are being held a prisoner. Can you hear me? This is like a lunatic asylum. Let us get out of here. <laughs> yes, the ladies will be back soon anyway. I don't want to meet them this way. Mr. Thurston, what does this Signor Antonelli mean to you? I haven't the faintest idea yet. Maybe I'll know more after a formal call I intend to pay this afternoon. to offer my condolences at your loss. I'm Signor Thurston from America. I studied music under your uncle at the University of Florence. Won't you come in? Mama, this is Signor Thurston. He knew Uncle Luigi and he has come to pay his respects. You come at an unhappy time, Signore. But since you are here, won't you sit down? Signora, I too feel your loss very keenly. Your brother taught me much about music. And more about life. He was a great man. You are right. I am glad to know that someone young and a foreigner still holds his memory dear. What, um, what was the cause of his death, Signora? While my daughter and I were at Rome, the Nazis occupied this village. They knew how my brother felt toward them. <laughs> Don't cry, Mama. The past is over. I came here to Umbrati, hoping to talk over old times with him. I was shocked to hear... You are very kind, Signor. Not at all, no. Uh, we are being ungracious, Tina. I will get some wine for Signor Thurston. Yes, Mama. The Nazi swine in their retreat from you wonderful Americani at least forgot to loot our wine cellars. I believe he will enjoy our wine. It is the finest in these parts. You will excuse me? Certainly. Oh, strange. Why do you look at me like that? I came to find death, and I found beauty. 
You are making love to me, Signore. You choose a most unhappy time. When a man is swept off his feet as I am now, love does not wait on birth or death. I had heard how impetuous Americans were. No, 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 Signore. One tender kiss of, shall we say, friendship. What would my mother think? She's still in the wine cellar. Well, then, one. Hmm. Your name? Tina. 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 Ah, I could compose a tone poem to that name. Please. Mother is coming back. Mother has no sense of timing. Those steps are hard on an old woman. Uh, here, Tina. Pour Signor Thurston's glass. What an exquisite goblet. Yes. Botticelli made it for our ancestors. Probably the Borgias? Signore does not know his history. The Borgias were poisoners. So they were. Yes, Signore. Taste it and tell me if you ever had a finer Barolo. Yes. Drink, Signore. What, uh... Neither of you joining me? No, Signore. Then I insist your daughter at least take part in an old American custom. It is called the loving cup. When a man meets a girl as exquisite as you are, Tina, he asks her to drink first from his glass. Tina is too young to drink. Oh, surely an exception can be made. My daughter accepts your flattery, Signore. However... It isn't flattery. To look at your daughter is to have some of the chill taken from the memory of her dead uncle. You have not touched your wine, Signore. I wouldn't think of it until your daughter first sipped from my glass. I have told you I cannot allow my daughter but to... But I insist. It is difficult to know where flattery ends and rudeness begins with you. Come now, Tina. Surely you can't object to drinking your own wine? Or can you? Of course not. No. Certainly not. Well, then. Very well. Tina, no. You did not really think I was going to drink it, did you, Signore? Considering that it would probably kill you, I doubted it very much. And now the comedy is over, Signore. Oh, I see you know how to use a revolver also. Yes, and I must insist that you stand quite still, or I will shoot a hole between your very attractive eyes. Egon. Yes, Signore. Aha, uh-huh. Egon, of course, hiding behind the screen. I'm coming, Signore. Poor Mr. Thurston. You should not have come here. Egon, take care of this gentleman. As always, it is a pleasure to take care of Mr. Thurston. Show him to the cellar and tie him up securely. Just my luck. Here I am having a quiet little party with two of the loveliest ladies in Italy. And I have to go to a nasty cellar with a gun. Egon, don't you think that gun is superfluous? With you, I take no chances. Where is your shame? Taking my money and then telling those women who I am. Mr. X, believe me, it is very difficult to have both a conscience and a bank book at the same time. Oh, dear, what wouldn't you do for money? Offhand, I can't really imagine. (laughs) How much do they pay you to double-cross me? One thousand lira. I thought so. A thousand lira. Not worth the paper it's printed on. It is? Of course not. You're beginning to make me very nervous. <laughs> Italy is an occupied country, but that, that money wasn't worth one good American nickel. If I thought you were telling me the truth... Have I, I ever lied to you? Yes. Yes, but always with such charm, mistake. <laughs> Are they asleep by now? Oh, yes. I heard Tina say that they would take Antonelli across the German lines just before dawn. You have no sentiment, Agon. Think of that poor old man locked up. For $500, I could weep, bucket, and at the same time cut those ropes. 200 Five. Either my price or I sit here and starve. Which will it be? Naturally, I cannot let you die. It's a deal. Now, it's no use unless I can get to Antonelli's room. By the merest chance, I have a key to the room. For 50 more. No, 200 net. What can I do? My heart will not allow me to permit you to be eaten by those rats. Wait, I cut you free. Ah, you have a noble soul, Egon. Sometimes. It's amazing how money will make me as soft as putty. (laughs) There you are, free now, and here is the key. Thank you. Now, come with me upstairs to Antonelli. I'm sorry, Mr. Thurston. I must refuse. (laughs) I'm really quite tired. 
I've had enough and made enough for one day. And so, Mr. X, we come now to the parting of the ways. I go back to town, and you go to the... Yes, that's probably right, Agar. I don't know you. Go away. I don't know you. Please try to understand what I'm saying. It's very important. I've come to take you away. Away from those women. I don't know you. I don't... Yes, yes, I know all that. How can I make you understand? I'll take you to a hospital. I'll take care of you. You'll be well again. Oh, stop humming and listen to me. I don't know you. I do not know you. I do not. My name is Ken Thurston. Go away. You want to hurt me like the women hurt me. No. I'm a friend of Bill Nesbitt. And a friend of yours. Ah. Now, I believe you. Great Scott. But I had to make sure. Thank heaven you've come. You mean you've been? It was the only way to keep those women from finding anything out. So you pretended to be out of your mind? Yes. I fooled them completely. Now, how is my uh, friend, uh, Bill Nesbitt? He's dead. Dead? Yes, murdered. Poisoned by your niece, Tina. She is not my niece. She and the other one are agents of the Gestapo. I thought so. But why did they kill Nesbitt? He wanted me to sell to his company my brother's formula. Your brother? Yes, before the war, my brother was one of the great chemists of Europe. Oh, so that was it. What happened to your brother? He was killed by the Nazis. You say he had a formula that Bill Nesbitt wanted? Yes, for a new type of uh, synthetic. What synthetic? Well, I really don't know. I, I'm a musician. I know nothing of science. But uh, my brother handed the formula to me to keep for the day when uh, Italy would be free. Did the women get the formula from you? No, no, no. They tried to get it. Day after day. Day after day. <laughs> but I fooled them. Good work, Signor Antonelli. Have you got it with you? Yes. Where is it? In this room. So you hid it. Where? Oh, no, good heavens, Tina Antonella. This is no, no time to... That's it. That's the formula. I don't understand. What do you mean? When a musician plays the tune in the key of E, using B-flat as the code for the letter A. I see. A musical code. Exactly. Played and varied five times. Only I know the variations. When it's decoded, the entire formula is spelled out. And you've kept it in your mind all this time? Yes, yes, I assure you it has been nerve-wracking to hum that same tune over and over, but uh, I had to do it so I wouldn't forget. Not quite so fast there, Mr. X. Ah, oh, good evening, ladies. Or shall I say good morning? This is no time for your cheap American wits in your Thurston. My daughter is a very good shot. I would advise you to stand quite still. What are you going to do with me? It's all right, Antonelli. We are taking you to Berlin. Ah, oh, they will beat me in Berlin. Don't beat me again. Shut up, you fool. So you're taking him to Germany? Yes. We have doctors there who can make that idiotic mind of his spill out its secrets. Keep still, you dithering lunatic. Let him alone, Mother. He is hard. I cannot stand that humming over and over again. If he does not stop humming, I'll gag him. Uh, don't hurt me. I'm just an old man who hates the fascism. Take your hands off of me. Smart work, Antonelli. Hold up. No, you don't, you little witch. Let me go. Get the gun, Antonelli. I have it, Mr. X. Fine. Don't move, ladies. Shall I shoot them? Both of them? What is this? I don't understand. It's very simple. Signor Antonelli is not the fool you presumed him to be. He is not insane. No, Signor. It's you and your daughter and people like you who are the insane ones. But now I think I shall do with you what they do with all mad dogs. Mother, I am afraid. Do not let him kill us, Senor Thurston. It will be a pleasure to destroy you both. No, Senor Antonelli. Let's not use their tactics. There will be judges for them. Judges made up of your own people. Hold up your hands, lady. 
Oh. You've caught them, he says. I'm afraid your heroics have come a little late, Agar. Oh. Is there anything I can do? I'm afraid not. Go to sleep now. Did you find out why they wanted this old man? Naturally. Why? Signor Antonelli had a formula. Tell me, Mr. X, what was it, huh? If the first note stood for chlorine, and the next three notes stood for oxygen, carbon, and nitrogen... Yes, yes. What would it all mean? Wouldn't you like to know? Theater production of The Man Called X. I know you'll join me in thanking Bernie Schoenfeld for his excellent script, Felix Mill for composing and conducting the score, and Bill Robeson, who presided in the control room. By the way, the role of Agar was played by Hans Conried as a farewell gesture to an active life in radio theaters and as a prelude to an even more active life in theaters of a different nature. Mr. Conried, I might add, relinquished the finest head of hair in the Western Hemisphere to become Private Conrad, his army serial number escaping me for the moment. Watch out for him. If his performance as Aegon is any indication, he'll be a slippery man to deal with on the evening of payday. By the way, it was, uh, really was fun to play the role of Ken Thurston for you, and I trust you enjoyed the adventures of a man called X. As for the next performance from the Globe, you'll hear Walter Abel, Louise Alberton... Ralph Bellamy, and David Bruce in a neat little filler called Phantom Lady. Here's a short preview. That hit him hard. I could tell by the way he looked, by the way he watched me all night as I sat there at the bar just staring at him, never saying another word. And when he left at closing time, I followed him. He managed to walk rather slowly at first, almost defiantly, as if he didn't care. And then he went a little faster. And faster. And faster until he was almost running. And then suddenly he stopped and turned. What do you want? Why do you keep on following me? You have something to tell me. You're wasting your time. You know what's going to happen to him. You can prevent it. Get it off your conscience. Don't ask me. Go ask the guy to give it to me. Gave you what? Nothing, nothing. It was money, wasn't it? Somebody gave you a bribe. I ain't talking, I tell you. And I ain't staying around here either. I'm going to get so far away from here. Look out! It's going to be a good show, and I know you'll want to hear it. So, jump down on the inside of your helmet liner that you have an appointment at the Globe Theatre with Phantom Lady, starring Walter Abel, Louise Alberton, Ralph Bellamy, and David Bruce. I'll be on hand to show you your seat and take care of the introductions. Till next performance, then, this is Herbert Marshall wishing you all the best, and I'll be seeing you. Theater with Herbert Marshall as host and master of ceremonies. The Globe Theater is presented for servicemen and women of the Allied Armed Forces all over the globe. Listen for our next Globe Theater production soon. That wraps it up for tonight's show at 1001 Radio Crime Solvers. We really enjoy good reviews, so when you have a chance, say something nice about a selection of shows, or maybe suggest some to us. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.